right, and welcome to the Navigating the Intentional Life podcast. This is the podcast about masculine excellence, fortitude, and resolve. It's a podcast about men leading from the front, and I host Justin Copeland. I tell you guys, I'm excited as can be about the guest, the man that I have on today. He is a man that is helping fathers rise, rising through health, wealth, and leading their families. This man that I am speaking of is Mr. Chris. How are you doing today, bud? Good, man. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. All right, perfect. I have my AirPods in, but I don't think they're connecting. Great. Yeah, man. Nice. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I was stoked whenever we... the step-by-step process, not only through what you're providing them with your websites, with the social media, but in the way you're walking and living your life yourself. So thank you again for coming on. And Chris, I want to give you the opportunity to in your, introduce yourself to my listeners. Sure. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, Chris Rodak, I my dad, father of two. I have a seven-year-old boy just going in. Today was his first day of second grade. I have a five-year-old girl, Lauren. Um, she, her first day was kindergarten today. Pretty crazy for them. Oh, yeah. All the masks and all, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I started Rising Father because of my relationships with my family, my friends, a lot of men I know that want to start something great, don't know where to begin. You know, they have kids, they're married, and their identity just kind of switches. It changes, and they don't know where to go. They're just looking for a little bit of guidance. Not saying I have all the answers at all, but what I try to do is I'm trying to connect these kind of guys with different experts and pros and and resources to help them find those kind of skills. So that's that's what I'm doing with Rising Father. About me, I uh, I grew up in – Pittsburgh from a huge family. I have uh, eight brothers and sisters. I'm the uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the third That's oldest. Lot, <laughs> yeah, we had I had uh, I shared a room with four other guys. We had eleven people in one bathroom house, so that was fun. Damn. Um, oh yeah, that makes for some very interesting mornings, right? You bet. Yeah, no, that one person was in the bathroom and everyone else was pounding on the door right outside. Well, seeing yeah. seeing the movies. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, I came from a uh, much smaller family out in Oklahoma, but I can tell you, man, like it was always, I had friends that, you know, they had that, they had the five brothers, they had the, you know, four or five sisters or whatever. And that, that interconnection of, of having to be able to, you know, connect and communicate and work with and be around that many people all the time. I was actually jealous. Right. Cause it was just myself and my brother. So I'm sure were you, where were you at in that, that number of kids? I am third. I'm third oldest. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're kind of uh, the somewhat of a leader in that that group to a bit, right? Yeah, it depends on what, what time frame. So if it was the, uh, you know, at one point I was the youngest, at one point I was the middle child, and then at one point I was one of the older ones. Um, right. <laughs> so I kind of got 
got to experience everything. But yeah, it's it's different for everyone. I mean, there's some families who, you know, the siblings don't talk to each other and there's a lot of animosity. We, we just got back from a huge uh, vacation. All of us, besides one family, there's about 30 of us in a, in a big beach house out of Virginia Beach. Um, yeah, we had 10 bedrooms, so everyone in their own bathroom forgot which for once, which was nice. And it was just a great time. No issues, no drama. We just had a, had a blast. That's very cool. You know, uh, coming from a man that, that uh, is in a smaller. We, we still were able to get along. It's just that over time, those family gatherings have been have been smaller. But I was, you know, I'm the older brother. So yep. right out of the gate, man, I took that. So I punched a kid was because they were picking on my seven-year-old brother, as I was saying. But I think being in those roles as a young man, a young kid of having to kind of take on that that leadership value, man, that starts setting that foundation for years down the road. Because so I think that the dynamic of, of somebody that comes from a large family, there's definitely a lot of takeaway from that, right? Oh, for sure. You know, I, I remember, um, you know, being, I don't know, my, when the youngest, the ninth child was, you know, two, three, four years old, you know, taking him, you know, by myself, making sure that I got that opportunity to take him kind of under my wing a little bit, spend some special time with him. And, you know, that you do trying to develop those family type of, you know, mentor skills with each kid that's underneath you. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, that, that transfers to a lot of different parts of your life with your own kids. You know, if you, if you do any teaching, you know, to your students, you know, and all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I really, uh, I enjoyed the, you know, we kind of talked a little bit over the course of the last couple of weeks, but, you know, for me with, with guys like you, the messages that we're trying to get across, you know, for me, I look at it and I go, these guys know that you've got to start from somewhere. Right. And jump around on my last podcast, several podcasts that look, my humble beginnings are, I use this for my phone. I've got the technology. It doesn't have to be some big, you know, studio production to get going. You just have to start. But a lot of guys get bogged down with that step in and of itself, just taking the first step. And when I got to know a little bit about what you were doing, I mean, the people that follow you, the people that listen to you, they see this, this overall, it's never finished, but finished product. Right. And for me, the impetus of saying, you got to start somewhere. What does that look like? I think it's very interesting with your story is kind of what got you going and what was kind of the catalyst when you started coming up with the idea for rising fathers? What was that for you? For me, it was, you know, multiple business ventures that I started and tried to do that. I wasn't really passionate about um, that weren't based on community that were more based on income. So for me, I, I have, I still have them, you know, and I still enjoy doing them. I have a real estate ad agency called Realty Bandit. I've had a separate ad agency called Rodak Creative and a couple other brands that I started. And I've been doing that for about five years now. And those are great. They provide, you know, income on the side. It's tons of business and sales skills. It develops it. But for me, you know, I'm at the point now where, I didn't enjoy, I did it. I don't really enjoy that that much. You know, I want to be, I want to be productive and contribute in an area of the world where I spend most of my time, like where, how I spend my time thinking what I do. 
I want to be, I'm going to contribute in that way. So rising father to me is all about who I am and just what I do any day. So, you know, when you're thinking about like, what do I want to do? What do I want to start? Where, where do I begin for me? You know, now it's, it's like, okay, not where do I make the most money? It's what am I passionate about? What do I think about? You know, whenever I'm watching TV, when I'm reading a book, what's in the back of my mind, rehearsing, playing over and over again, what are those things that you just love doing and who you are as a person? Right. And that for almost me, organic. Yeah. And for me, that's just, you know, whenever I'm making posts, I'm posting and creating content around myself, around people I interact with, things I think about, things I read about, things I want to share with people. It's not hard for me. It's just. So I wanted to get past, you know, the purely money making part of my, you know, external ventures. And I wanted to kind of do a real passion project. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that hits hard on where a lot of people get bogged down as far as we live in this great country where you are truly free to do whatever you can get yourself into. But I think we're programmed early on to say, okay, well, I've got to, I've got to get an education of some kind of higher education. I've then got to find that, that perfect nine to five, you know, if you're <laughs> not in corporate America, there's something wrong. And if it's not in a position where it's a company, you don't have the 401k, you know, you're, you're looked at almost differently, right? It just doesn't hold the same thing. But I think that whole effect that we, we put on ourselves early on, our society puts on ourselves is you miss exactly what you were just saying. There is what I see, what I think about, what I rehearse. Can I turn that into something where it does not just impact others, but when I get done at the end of the day, do I feel like I had a complete day? Do I feel like I gave back in the manner that I want to? And it sounds so easy, you know, when you talk about it, when some of these other guys talk about it, but there is a process to that. And there's also these igniters, right? You mentioned jujitsu. Love that, man. Like I've got my boys, you know, working on, on getting into their, their jujitsu classes um, and sticking with it. And I think that provides a level of discipline that I think a lot of people miss out. So tell me about your, uh, your jujitsu journey here. Sure. Well, I just ended a, a practice, um, 30 minutes ago, actually. I just, I, we had an hour and a half <laughs> right. and it worked. Yeah. So, and honestly, I, one of the reasons I do it is just so I'm level headed and chill and not anxious. So it's, you know, it's good for, you know, talking to people and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we just, um, had an hour and a half out there, drove out here. I'm kind of walking around the park now to get some more exercise in. But I started jujitsu and I basically a week after my 33rd birthday, I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to do martial arts. I, like I told you, you know, we grew up in a huge family, not a lot of, my parents sent every one of us to Catholic school. So there was not a lot. Of, so there wasn't money. Yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't money to send me, you know, me to, you know, do, you know throw kicks and punches. So right. I've always wanted to do it. And it, I just got to the point where, I said, well, if I don't start it now, it's going to become a real issue. You know, I, if, if I start it now at 33, you know, and I want to, and I'm going to be a black belt someday. Like, it's not like if it's just, it's going to happen. So for me, if I started at 33, maybe I could do it by the time I'm 42, 43, you know, but if I start it and I can be still in great shape, you know, be healthy, be flexible. If I start it when I'm 40, well, then it's going to take longer. It won't be as effective. I started when I'm 50, you know, you can just keep on going up the ladder. And whenever I was 33, I kind of wrote down a bunch of things. I said, 
all right, this is how my life is now. By the time I'm 34, I want to be doing these things. And jujitsu was one, well, jujitsu was one of those things that I wanted to be doing. You know, so now I'm a blue, I'm a blue belt now, you know, in two years, I expect to be a purple belt and I'll be doing a tournament in a month. And so like now that is part of who I am and it wasn't a year ago. So I'm just happy I started. Yeah, man. And I think that's absolutely just fantastic. You know, I wanted to use an expletive there because as, as men, you know, we get older and, and those challenges, those things that allow us to beat our chest start to fall away, you know? And, and look, you, you said some things there that I want to point out. It was goal oriented. You have a timeline. You're actually looking at it saying, I want this by this time. And it's not a matter of if it's when. And in that process of change, right, you've got to set those standards for yourself because otherwise, what are you doing it for? You know, and, and I think we can apply that to whether it's jujitsu, whether it's writing a book, whether it's the gym, you know, those are all things like if you're just going, you know, you're just going willy nilly just because what are you ever really going to accomplish from that? What I liked about when you sent me some of the stuff that you were talking about with jujitsu, your, your comment was you saw the range of guys killing it. Yes. Tell yeah. me, tell me what you mean by sure. that. I love that. Well, I'll give you an example. I, there's this guy who shows up, he, he travels, the, he goes to our gym. He travels the country doing tournaments. He just, he shows up to our gym about once a month and he's a brown belt. So he, he just allowed to come and go as he pleases. And anytime he comes, he just destroys people. Right. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? You know, he's, I thought he was in, I thought I was older than him. I thought he was in his twenties just because he was so strong. You know, you put your hands on his stomach, you feel a six pack underneath there. He's so much faster than me. He's so much more flexible than me. I was like, man, I hope I can be like him, you know, except damn it. I'm older than him. And then at the end of the round, at the end of the practice, he was like talking to this other guy about how his kids in college. I was like, what, what does that mean? I said, how old are you? He's like, Oh, 52. I said, are you, are you shitting me? So, you know, this, this guy's 52 years old. His kids are in college. I'm, you know, 34 now. And there's multiple guys like that. I mean, there's guys in their mid fifties who are instructors, like 48. He's the, by far the strongest guy in the gym. He's ripped and they just destroy everyone. You know? So for me, it's like, I'm glad, I'm glad I started but, you know, it's just like, man, whenever I am, people think, oh, I know there's people who, you know, are 28 and saying, oh, man, I'm, I got this old man strength, you know, or I've, I don't have any more flexibility. My life's over. I'm an old man now and I'm 30. It's like, dude, you are missing out. Like, right. I, I fully expect to be in the best shape, you know, the most athletic, you know, years are still ahead of me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's those walls that we start to put up. And I think, again, it kind of goes back to that as we, as we do get older as, as guys, we allow those, those challenges physically to fall apart. And, you know, in this, we start talking about masculine excellence of these things, man, that, that comes with the physical, right? That that's gotta be part of it. And it, again, doesn't have to be the gym. I mean, a lot of these guys talk big on the gym, like you got to go work out, right? You're going to build strength. You got to work out, but there's also these alternatives like jujitsu, I'm a huge UFC guy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Love it. My brother and I talk a lot about he's he's encouraged me for years to get into jujitsu. And dude, Chris, I'm at a spot right now. Like I brought up my boys. My oldest is 14. Okay. I get him into jujitsu by 16. He's whooping my ass if I don't do anything. Right. <laughs> so like, yeah, I got to sure. get in. I got to start rolling around with him, too, because I think no, that will happen. 
without a doubt, without a doubt. And he's already like, he's feeling, you know, he's 14, man. He's growing. He feels like he's king shit. I got to be able to bring that down. Right. Well, for, I mean, I, I tell you my, my brother, uh, the youngest one, but now he's, he's joining the army, um, next month and he's he's 21 right now and he's he's strong guy you know he's about a you know a little, a little not quite strong as me strong guy and i took him to the gym for the first time to roll with people and i've been there for a year you know this is his first day and i mean there's just with anyone even with you know other white belts who've been there for six months it's just not even close i mean if you have if you have someone who's been doing jujitsu for six months mm-hmm. especially a year my god they just dominate my Absolutely. son my son who's seven um he's a, you know like i said going to second grade there was a kid who is 10 years old he was a full foot taller than him who had he, athletic kid strong kid it was his first day at the gym um and he was rolling with my son and my son just destroyed him and this is like just imagine being a seven-year-old boy <laughs> and a kid is you know 30 pounds heavier than you a foot taller than you 10 years old i mean that's a big deal at that age and just because my kid's been doing jujitsu for a year he just dominated this kid. So, you know, I have my daughter in it too. And I just think, man, if anyone tries to mess with them, good luck. Yeah, no doubt. And what that's building them, I brought up discipline already. And that's, you know, yeah, a huge part of it. But dude, talking about some self-confidence, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a huge self-esteem boost, right? And again, you know, not because they know they can just go out there and whoop someone's ass, but at the same time, you know, when the time comes, they know that they can handle themselves. And, there's not i mean that's not a bad thing right i want the same thing you know from my kids but i also want that diversity and you know i think that's that's a good segue as far as you know rising fathers go the mentality that you have to have with jujitsu the patience again the discipline all that the structure how has that impacted you as far as when you go you know what i'm stepping out a bit I'm going to try something new. I'm going to go for it. How has that impacted your self-confidence, your self-esteem to go get it? Yeah. Um, so whenever you're doing, you know, jujitsu, you're emotionally in a, in a spot, especially if you're new, like if you're a, a white belt, a blue belt, you're getting your ass kicked every single time. Right. So, you know, you have to be in a position where you see this brown, this brown belt who's stronger than you, better than you and big, all right, let me fight him for five minutes while he's trying to kill me basically. And then I, you know, he's going to choke me 10 times. He's going to, you know, he's going to be trying all that kind of stuff. And you have to be okay with that. So the, you know, the way that jujitsu specifically helps with that is just being okay, being uncomfortable and just accepting the chaos and kind of stepping into it anyway. So, right. and anytime you start, any, you know, we had, you know, we had a, a business expert on a month ago and there's a lot of guys who took a business course and then they're doing this, just trying to start brands and stuff like that. That is scary. It's the same thing. It's, I have no idea what's in front of me. This is totally new. I don't have anything figured out but I'm going to take that step forward anyway and get started. It's scary. It's it, but you have to, like you said, take that first step and do it. So I try to get myself in as many situations as I can like that. You know, I, whenever I first started five years ago with business stuff, I'd be going to networking events, which was very weird for me. Yeah. You know, you go, you go to a, you go to a conference hall with a hundred people you've never met before. You have to go make small talk with all of them. And you're just, man, it is awkward and weird, but, after you do it, you have a, basically a superpower because there's, you know, 99% of the population is scared to talk to anyone new. 
So the more you do this kind of stuff, throwing yourself into these scary, uncomfortable situations, you're like adding, you know, adding stuff to your armor. Yeah. And I think a lot of people miss that. They, you know, I, I say all the time and it's not like I made it up, but if you're not doing something every day that scares you a little bit, have you had a full day? And dude, I can tell you with my line of work, you know, this is not my, my full-time job. I do digital sales for multifamily nine to five. I've got to do the same thing with the network. And you almost feel like a creeper because you're, you're almost chasing someone down to have a conversation. And my line of work is the conversation of, Hey, when do you want to get your checkbook out? What about like right now, you know, and it, but it's once you get that muscle memory, whether it's sales, whether it's, you know, trying to talk to somebody about maybe investing in a business, whatever that X factor may be, you get a little bit better every time. You know, people ask me, how are you comfortable with speaking in front of people? I just fucking do it. You know, I mean, every time I do it, that comfort zone gets a little bit bigger, a little bit wider. And so each time it gets a little bit easier. I think what's difficult and what I think is uh, what I like about your message is showing guys how to start because there's a mental element of that, right? Like, how does someone like you or like me go, yeah, I'm just going to do this shit. And yeah. That's, that's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the hardest thing. It's just, and it it's, there's no, there's no good answer. There's no like thing that I can say or anywhere Jocko Willink or someone else can say, like when Jocko says, get after it, just wake up and grind. You're like, okay. Yeah. And then you go back to sleep, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there's no feel good answer. It's like, you have to be okay feeling like shit for a little bit and accepting that it's going to suck while you're getting started. Like, and if unfortunately part of that is, you know, how you were raised, if have you ever been, have you ever forced yourself to do anything uncomfortable? Um, you know, were you pampered your whole life? Did your parents make you work hard? That's part of it. And if that wasn't you and you know, you've never really struggled, then it's going to be extra hard for you. And you're going to have to try extra hard to do something new, something that scares you. Um, and I think for some people it gets to the point where if they can't find the motivation to do it, something is going to happen to them. You know, the universe God is going to give them some type of situation that gets them off their butt and they can either, you know, they can either take positive action from that or they can give up and fail. And that's when you have winners and losers. So I don't think there's a, you know, always a rosy path for people, but because it, when it comes down to it, you just have to get up and grind. Yeah. I love that you brought up Jocko. And my favorite thing is him going, does it hurt? Good. Are you scared? <laughs> good. Like, it's fucking good, man. Yep. And you know, I, I love that kind of stuff because it's true. Yeah. You know, like there's not anything more true to, the way life is going to treat you because it doesn't give a shit. You know, I tell my boys this all the time. Like, look, I'm going to love you until the day that, that I die. But most of everybody else isn't going to care whether you succeed or you fail. So you've got to go out and you've got to take it. And I think that's one of those things when I look at, I ask you, what was your motivation and what gets you to grind every day with rising fathers he said, I, you know, basically I like watching, I love watching the lives change from the men I know and the friends and the family and the colleagues that have made these changes. And mm-hmm. in turn, that motivates you, right? Yeah. You know, I, 
one of the things I did two, three months ago was the, you know, the simple rising father challenge, kind of like 75 hard, but easier. And to me, you know, maybe to you, maybe people who work out every day, people who do these daily things, I think it was only four things. It was get eight hours of sleep. It was, you know, spend 30 minutes with your family, spend 30 minutes working out and read a book, you know, for, you know, there's people who do that every day, day in and day out. They might say, man, that is so easy. But I had so many guys, you know, struggle with it. In, I had some guys struggle with it and drop out after the third day. I had other people who stuck with it and said that, you know, thank God for that. That now I've been working out for three months straight because of that challenge. And, you know, I didn't, I wasn't expecting any of that. So that would like really got me going. I was like, man, there's a huge population of men out there who need encouraging, who need guidance who just need some type of support. Um, and in terms of my own family and friends, you know, there's, there's people crushing it and there's, you know, there's people who have accepted a certain identity because they're married, because they're a dad and think that, all right, this is, this is it for me, you know? And then they make excuse, you know, you want to go hang out, they make an excuse. You, you ask them to come work out with you. They make an excuse. They just, you know, their life is over in terms of new things for them. So, you know, I, I see people crushing it and I want to guide people that way. And I see people go the opposite direction and I want to try to help. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think I came on board on your social media right around the time that you were, I think I just missed that challenge. Mm-hmm. And man, that caught my eye because I just seen the 75 day hard challenge. And, yep. you know, I, again, we said, we talked about goals earlier. I think we have to give ourselves those obstacles as men. I know for me, I get real complacent real quick if I don't feel like I have something to conquer. And maybe it's that, you know, caveman or Viking genetic code that's in me in some way. Oh, yeah. But I see, you know, you're not just saying like, look, here's here's how you do you know this with your family or, you know, not just doing challenges. But you touch on almost a little bit of everything. And like, you're kind of a jack of all trades in this industry that we're in because you're talking to guys about how to start their own online business. You talk to me about that. I think that was one of more of the first communications yeah. that we had. Mm-hmm. And it's so you're more than just, you know, like, Hey, be a good dad, you know, work hard. You, you've got your hands or the iron and several fires. Right. So tell me about essentially how you are managing the different, all the different avenues that you are working with these guys and these clients on in your business with rising fathers. Well, I'm, I think I'm kind of like you in that if I, if I sit still, I go nuts. You know, I just, that's, if I like vacation for me, you know, if I'm not working out, if I'm not doing something, I go crazy and I'm miserable. Yeah. So I, I have to be busy for me to be happy. And I, it's something that I had to realize and say that it was okay for myself. Cause you know, I've, sometimes like, Oh, it's the weekend. Don't do anything. Relax. Sit still. You deserve it. You know that, and that's bullshit. I just need right. to accept about myself. No, I like to do things. I like to get shit done. I like to be busy and that's okay. So that's like why, what kind of motivates me to be busy with all these things. And are you, are you talking about in terms of like ad agency, that kind of stuff? Yeah, Absolutely in terms of like how I manage it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, you know, from the, the ad agencies to, you know, the um, helping people with their online businesses. I mean, those things, yeah. you got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the logistics of it, the, 
that helped me get, you know, get uh, efficient in that was basically just getting a schedule. Right. So it's, it's the same thing as whenever, um, you know, if you've got a whole day ahead of you, you've got no goals, you have no targets written down. You don't know what you're trying to accomplish. The whole day blows by you and you don't know what just happened. You think, Oh my God, the day blew by they, they went so fast. As soon as you give yourself a calendar and a schedule and say, all right, 12 o'clock, I've got this podcast one o'clock to, to three o'clock. I'm going to take my kids out. We're going to do some bike riding, you know, from three to four 30. I have a couple client calls from four 30 to six. We're going to do dinner with the family from six to seven 30. I've got jujitsu from seven 30 and so forth. Once you plan out your day, and you actually complete all those tasks, you end up spending more time with your family than you would have. And you end up getting way more done than you would have anyway. So being really structured and having a calendar is how logistically I get all those things done. Yeah. And honestly, that was what I was, you know, I think I you know knew that about you, but it's that concept of being intentional, right? Yeah. And there's, Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just legitimately like you're saying. And that's something that I think a lot of us, I know I missed out on that, Chris, for fucking years, man. I've always been yeah. this nomadic spirit. I'm a fly mm -hmm. by the seat of my pants kind of guy. And guess what? I was spinning my damn tires. A lot of great ideas, but I was missing out on the time of my day. Yeah. And it is that structure. Like you got to wake up and say, okay, legitimately from this time in the morning, I'm creating content to this time in the morning. I'm networking to get to the next you know content creation whatever it may be for me it's that and then after that breaking it down right don't waste a fucking minute of it right don't waste a damn minute of your time because if you are that's just one thing that you're missing out on and it goes back to a quote that i know that you had as far as you know and forgive me for hacking it up probably but <laughs> you know if you're waiting to start tomorrow you've already missed out yep I don't want to. Yeah, take you're not. You're not, man. But it, I, I saw that. and I thought it was damn brilliant. You know. Yeah, I think it was something like, "If you're starting tomorrow, you're not starting. You're waiting." Yeah, I'm gonna find it, man, because it was good stuff. But you know, I think, yeah, if you plan on starting tomorrow, you're not starting. You're waiting. Yeah, it's just mind games we play I with ourselves, that. and we all know that. You know, it's just the negotiate. Like I think David Goggins had a great post about this a week ago, and I reposted it in my story. He said. This, the biggest cancer of our lives is the, our mind's negotiating table. And that's, you know, some of my own business mentors said the same thing. It's just, are you willing to negotiate your own goals for your life? Like, okay, you set a goal and then you reach struggles. And all of a sudden that little voice in the back of your head starts negotiating it down. Like, you know, just kills your momentum and just tell it gives you all the kind of logical excuses of why you don't have to do it right now. And it says that's the constant battle. It's just that inner, there's inner uh, voices and demons you have to keep on holding at bay. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing with the, the schedule and being intentional, like you, you hit on, all of a sudden you're spending more time with your family. And they, yeah. see, they see that. Your wife sees that. Your kids see that. And so what's the byproduct of that structure, that intentional way of stepping out on each of your day, each minute? you're strengthening that relationship with the people that you're in charge of that you are providing for that you're supposed to do anything in the world for. Right. And that in and of itself, I think, you know, guys miss out on it. You say you got your friends that they kind of struggle. They're married. They feel like they're stuck in this loop, right? Because they're not stepping out. 
right? They're not giving themselves that opportunity to practice their freedom, basically. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing for women too. My, my wife works with women in a different way, but you know, there's, I'm sure, you know, there's once you're a mom, you're a mom. There's a lot of ladies who think like that. It's for sure. It's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, you know, the, the big thing on that is just like in the, you know, in the work world, as a parent, as a husband, you have to work at it. You've got to fine tune that craft And I would imagine since you've started, you know, taking charge of your life, that that has done wonders for you as a man, for your wife. She probably looks at you a little bit longer, probably touches you a little (laughs) bit more, right? Like all of a sudden you're like, damn, yeah, hey, I see you, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you, you you feel it it comes with everything we've been talking about, you know, with jujitsu, when you, when you see someone, you know, if I hadn't started to, to, if I hadn't started jujitsu, I wouldn't feel the way I do just in a crowd of people. You know, if I see a crowd of people, I think, okay, based on yesterday, me choking out this ripped, you know, 20 year old wrestler, I think that I can handle myself with any of these people. And then same thing with, you know, networking. Whenever I throw myself into a group of people and I can talk to all of them and, you know, throw them sales pitches, I know that I can do that. And you start to develop a con, not that I'm, you know, Tony Robbins, my God, but you know, you, you just start to, uh, you just start to develop a confidence and yeah, it can, um, you know, people recognize it for sure. Yeah. And they, they feed off of it. And yeah, definitely. It's, it is, it is contagious. And that's, that's where we talked a lot. I've talked a lot lately in, in conversations I've had with people about, you know, paying attention to the circle that you, that you keep, right? The people that you have around you and making sure that that's strong because there are going to be days where you don't feel like doing shit. And maybe it's the weekend. Maybe it's, you know, middle of the day. We all have those days. The thing is you're not really judged on how you perform when you want to do it. You're judged on how you perform when you don't, because that's when it matters. That's when the work really, really begins. Right. And so I think there's a culture in that that you are now providing to your children. For sure. That's something they have to see. That's your job. That's my job. That is something that they have to see. I know from what I see, you include your kids. I mean, you've already said it with jujitsu, but you include your kids with a lot of everything that you're doing. Yeah. And they, they're, I try to use what I'm doing. You know, like I said, I try to incorporate, it's not business is second, life is second. For me, it's how can I mesh those two things together where they benefit each other, mm-hmm. including jujitsu, including business. So my, my son is super into rising father. He, he asked for a rising father t-shirt. So he has his own rising father shirt. So does my daughter, my wife does, you know, so we'll be out doing something and say, Hey dad, this will be a, this will be a great reel for your rising father. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll be like, sure. I mean, the one day he was, um, he wanted to make a reel of himself you know, on his little scooter going down our back hill with a cowboy hat on with like a, I don't know, like a spear in the other hand. That was a, a stick. And I was like, sure, oh let's God. do it. <laughs> so I, oh so I did that and he loved it. And then if for me, it's, you know, he, I tell him that I'm building, you know, this is something I'm doing to help guys out, you know, to help fathers. And he knows all about it. He knows why I'm doing it. And in terms of building a brand and building an online business for him, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, by the time he goes to college or by the time he's college ready, not even going to college, 
you know, right. I mean, but it's going to be half a million dollars to a million dollars at least by the time he's that age, what I would rather him do is teach him how to build his own digital asset, his own website, his own online business to where whenever he's college age, I can say, okay, right now you're making, you know, five, 10 grand a month with your, with your website, I've helped you build. You can either go to college and work this nine to five or continue managing your own web property. So that's kind of where I'm leading them and to get them in that mindset, you know, I just have to involve him in what I'm doing. Yeah. And that comes back. I talked to Tanner, um, Guzzi the other day and the, the big point that he made kind of along the lines of what we're talking about right now is for you to include them, for you to show them, you have to be active yourself, right? You have to be doing these things. And I think what's beautiful about the story that you just told about your son is man, like he sees you, you get what I'm saying? Like he sees what you're doing and yeah. at seven. Yeah. I mean, they're seven. They're going to think you're a superhero. Dude, watch out because in seven years, he's not. <laughs> but, but you know, oh, I'm I, telling you, that's, that's yeah. huge, man. Like, he's able to say, hey, my dad does this and my dad's pretty damn cool. Right. My dad is out there and he, he does what he wants. Right. He's got his own company. What does your dad do? Yeah, I, I really, you know, Rising Father is, is about men rising up and growing, but it's also about fatherhood. And I, I take that really, really seriously. You know, I, I try to model the things that I am teaching him and sharing on my page. I mean, I, to him, I, t my parents didn't gave us very little help in terms of, you know, being social and talking to new people, right. but my kids, I'm just so proud about how social, how out friends with anyone. So when they were even younger, we'd go to the park and I would say, all right, Nathan, all you have to do is smile and go up to someone and say hello, and you can make friends. And it was scary at first, nervous at first, but now he's him, him and my daughter just pros at it. And then I, I said, watch me, I'll do it. And, you know, we, you, you see parents at the park, they're just on their cell phones, they don't talk to each other. So I would just walk up, talk to new parents, he would watch me do it, then I'd have him do it to a kid. And I guess to something, you know, I'm sure you do too, just try to model that kind of growth that you want to see. Absolutely. Man, I <clears throat> talked to my sons, both, you know, nine and 14. So obviously those, those conversational pieces, the, the context with them are different because my 14 year old starting to notice and has been noticing girls. Oh yeah. Scares the shit out of me. Uh, he's not <laughs> a bad looking kid. Um, but <laughs> you know, I've, I've had to have that conversation with him specifically about college. Yeah. People ask me, well, you're, you're pushing him to go to college, right? No. He asked me if I think I need him to go to college. No, I don't. Now, will I encourage that based on if he's got a specialty that he wants to do, if that's just something that he wants to do? Absolutely. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that he, when, like you said, when he's college ready, he can go. But for me, what I want them to see is that you don't have to have that. In fact, you can create, and if you can have that confidence you know, and it starts, like you said, at the park. Can you go up and just talk to that person? Bring them out of their comfort zone by standing your comfort zone. Yep. Build your own tribe. Build your own thing through financial sovereignty, right? I want that for my boys. I want them to see that as a man, you don't have to have another man writing your paycheck. 
Yeah. And the way the world is right now, I mean, you don't going to college um, may not give you your best chance of making a great income. I mean, if you spend right by your kids, what, 14, I don't My God, by, by my kid's seven, by the time he goes to college, literally it'll be at least a half a million dollars. And I just think, all right, you take that half a million dollars you're going to spend to make $60,000 a year, you know, at some job, you take to spend that half a million dollars in courses on how and workshops on how to build an online business. You can literally run paid ads to any type of website, landing page funnel and make millions and millions of dollars with that half a million you would spend on a college degree that would get you a 50, $60,000 a year job. I mean, I just think it's, it's insane. I mean, the, the, you know, I, there's a group that I'm in, um, that teaches online business, that kind of stuff. It costs four grand to join. Okay. Big, big mm. chunk of money. So right. I spent that so I could be part of this group who learned by people. I made the money back in a couple of weeks because of what they taught me. Just imagine, you know, that's, that's your books. That's your books for a couple courses in, um, you know, when you go to college, it's you, criminal. Yeah. It's, it's insane. You know, you spend half a million dollars getting this degree to make $60,000 a year or spend my God, 10 grand at the most and create an online business that you could literally make, you know, $50,000 a year from now. It's just, you don't, for me, it's like, you don't, that's, that's a method that was great in the past when those kind of jobs were everywhere and you had pensions and all of that. But that's just, that's an opportunity that's there because of how you were raised. And if you don't know people who are getting rich off of online business things, then that's not, you don't, you just don't see it. Like you don't know what you don't know. And as soon as you know, there are people making tons of money, just, you know, there's a, uh, just for example, sorry to go off on a rant here. No, you're fine. There, go on. There, there's, there's a 14 there's year old girl. There's Insta. She runs an Instagram page. All she does is called like fall leaves or something. She's got like 2 million followers on her Instagram account. Jesus. One day my wife followed it. All she does is post pictures of fall leaves. Okay. She's been running it for three years. She started when she was 11 on one of her stories. One day she said, guess how old I am. Everyone was guessing twenties, thirties. She's 14 years old. You know how much money you can make if you have 2 million, 2 million followers. She, she could be making 20, 30, 40 grand a month right now based on her fall leave Instagram profile at 14 years old. I'm going to have to cut this podcast off, dude, and go talk yeah. to my 14 year old. So I mean, seriously, I'm start making some damn money, man. Rents due. <laughs> yeah. It's all you have to do is see what's working and repeat it. But if you don't, if you're surrounded by people who don't know that that is possible, you will never see it. Right. And as soon as you surround yourself by people, you know, that's why I paid the money to join this group. I'm surrounded. I get to talk and network with millionaires, you know, and once you see what's possible, what people are actually doing, like, man, I was, it's just, I was hustling in this low class, middle-class mindset. And I should be thinking in this upper wealthy class mindset to get, to propel myself. Dude, you know, you just fired me up over here, but we, you know, get conditioned to almost this slave-like mentality, almost drones when it comes to what you're saying with the college and not being able to really think outside of the box because for years we're just getting pounded with this. Here's the steps on how you're supposed to live your life. Not a lot of, hey, here's some direction on how to think outside of the box. And, and we are in this amazing technological age where legitimately you can be famous for god knows what you can make money for posting pictures of leaves 
mean, it's an insane world. But like you said, if you don't take the time to assess, again, back to what you're saying about what I think about on a regular basis, what gets me excited on a regular basis? What do I feel like I'm passionate about? All right, cool. So who's doing something like that? Because so many people sit back and I go, look, if, if Chris, if you're doing this and you're doing well with it, why the fuck would I not go ahead and say, I'm going to do it like that? I'm going to take yeah. steps like that. You teach it with athletes all the time, right? Like my yep. kids play soccer. They look up to the Messi's and the Ronaldo's of the world. Okay, go imitate them. Right? And it's the same thing. It's just that there are these things, like you're saying, if you don't see it, you don't know what you don't know. But I think there's also a cultural issue in that we are conditioned to think in a certain way. And so when you start putting this content out here about, hey, guys, look over here. I can show you how to build this. People almost lose their mind. And I haven't made it by any stretch of the means. You know, I'm not, um, you know, I'm no Elon Musk. I'm on my I'm on the journey, but I'm not going to hold back what I know. Right. And what I'm learning from other people right now, right now, because of that, um, you know, the guy I had on Jeff Sam, I say he's legit online business millionaire. And he's just proof that, you know, he's not a celebrity. You don't have to be out there. You don't have to be making videos and reels and all that kind of stuff. It's just the way some people go about it. I mean, there, he tells stories about, you know, some of his buddies, you know, they're completely anonymous. They run ads to one landing page. They're making 15, he told us the other day, they're making 15, 20 grand a day just by all, all they do is they've built up the website, tra- you know, traffic to a website so much where they just provide phone calls for a financial company. So if you're a, you know, financial advisor, you need clients, this guy provides them clients. It's kind of like what I do for real for realtors. Um, but he's he scaled it up so much where he's making 15, 20 grand a day. And he said, Oh yeah, he spent COVID on the super luxury yacht, you know, still making money, but just running it from his phone. Right. Yeah. And if you lived in a family who grew up with four generations of, of lower middle-class people or middle-class people who've, who slam into you that you have to go to college, you have to listen to authority, you know, you have to be a good boy, you have to earn your wage, work nine to five. None of that is going to be so foreign to you. Once you hear it, you're going to say, ah, oh, it's a scam. That's not real. And those people who are doing it are just going to laugh and say, ha ha. Yeah. That's why I'm rich. And you're not <laughs> yeah. because because you don't think it's possible and I'm doing it right now. Yeah. And that's, that's saying a lot of people don't understand. And it is because you have to think outside of years and years of a certain, you know, rat wheel basically or hamster wheel of how you're supposed to live your life. That in for me is like, what is with rising fathers? What is next in the process? You mentioned like, Hey, I'm not Elon Musk yet. But if I can ask, what's next for you? What's that next goal you're looking to get to? Right now, I'm just trying to grow the community, um, trying to develop relationships like this with you, with a lot of guys, um, to where we are networking, where we are building each other up. For me, it's you know, a rising tide raises all ships. The more, if we, if I grow, you grow, and vice versa. Sure. So I'm just trying to grow the community, extend myself to different platforms. What I see myself doing, um, you know, two, three years from now is having events, you know, you know, saying, you know, meet up at this point and have you know, a couple hundred guys there have pay for speakers and people to come motivate us, pump us up, do some awesome, you know, man stuff and sure. just get, you know, some in-person community 
um, thing. So it's not just a, you know, an over the phone, over the, um, over the screen type of relationship, really trying to, to make this thing real. Yeah. And I love that because there is a need and a want for that kind of guidance, for that kind of help. You know, one of the things that crossed my mind as, as we've been talking is that a lot of the times people think they, they hear these overnight, quote unquote, overnight success stories, right? And it comes across like these people, they just grind, they hear Jocko, they hear you, they hear, you know, the Phil Fosters and Sean Whalens, and they go, man, these guys just got it, right? They just happen, snap of the finger. But what you don't see is there are a lot of people that help you on the way. And there's nothing wrong with reaching out, you know, kind of to your point of going, hey, I talked to this guy because he's a multimillionaire and he's running exactly like, hey, look, I want to be in those shoes. I want to have a yacht that I can work from my phone on my yacht when I get there. Yeah. Everyone is a coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. He has a coach. Man. His coach has a coach. Yeah. And that's the thing, I, you know, I used to tell players like the day that you think you know it all or the day that you feel like you've got it figured out is the day that you stop, that you stop learning. And each day for me with this, talking to somebody like you, that networking, I'm learning, right? It's a process that only makes me better. And I love the, the fact that I know that there, there are going to be people that listen to this podcast that are looking, they're searching and I can direct them to your page. I can then direct them to you and you go here, let me show you how to start the car. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that is what it's all about. That's what, that's why, what I'm trying to build, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to not do it alone. I'm trying to involve people. You know, it's not me a rising father. It's we are rising fathers. And honestly, if you're, even if you're just, you know, a guy, you know, just trying to help, point your arrow forward so that you can have a little bit of direction. Um, or, you know, whether it's from me or whether it's from an expert I bring on or whether it's from someone in the comment section, who's dealt with something, it can help you out. That's what the community is all about. It's about us helping each other out and supporting each other to, so that we all can rise together. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is that in, in some ways it is that simple. I mean, I reached out to you not that long ago. We started, you know, a conversation because we got the same mindset. We've got the same um, goals, maybe just different avenues, maybe different finish lines. But the concept, that foundational want is the same. And being able to provide families, not just men, but women, you know, not just married couples, relationships in general. Something they can look at, you know, for me, it's like, look at my failures, right? Like I don't have it figured out, but the difference between myself and, and you and, and somebody that's not doing this or they're afraid to do it, they don't know where to go is you put yourself out there to say, Hey, look at this. We're going to be able to get to a point where you and I can say, Hey, you know, I can say, Chris, look a year from now, I'm going to put this event together. I want you to fly out. I want you to come to Houston and I want you to speak. I want you to be able to talk to these, these group of men and show them what you know and vice versa year from now, whatever the timeline might be. Hey, Justin, come on out. Let's help these guys, man. Let's get fired up. Like you said, let's do man shit. Let's pound our chest. Let's freaking, you know, rub paint on our faces and let's go. Right. And that's, that's really where it starts. And, and I think that's why I love the fact that in this setting that we have, we can say, Hey, just reach out. 
look, take that first step. That first step is different for everybody. Yeah. And that's, you know, you said you're in sales, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it's, I mean, that's what sales is. It's just, you know, you, you make, God, I can't think of how many strategy sessions and sales calls I've had this the past couple of years, hundreds. And the amount of, you know, the percentage that you close is minuscule compared to that. You just have to be willing to pick up the phone, make the call, get rejected, not have it affect you and try again. And if that's too much for you, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. You got to get used to no. And it's not just, I mean, to your point, not to step on it, but it's, you got to get used to no. You got to get used to the rejection or failure or whatever it is, because it's going to come daily. You know, when you start to really, really put yourself out there, when you start to really go after what it is, I said on the last podcast, again, I hate it when people talk about when you do what you're passionate about, you'll never work a day in your life, another day in your life. <clears throat> That's setting people up for failure. I, yes, get it. It I get it. I get it. I get it from a fundamental standpoint, right? I, I was hoping I'm that not, was the angle you were going to take. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not shitting on the statement, but it's you're going to work 10 times harder than you've ever worked when you start to do what you're passionate about. Yeah. And guess what? There might be some times where you're doing something you're passionate about and you don't want to do the work and you have to do it anyway. And it's not fun. Right. Absolutely. That might happen also. Absolutely. And I think people, they have to understand that because there's self, that statement, it's misinformation, you know, like don't get it confused that if you go, Oh, I'm, I'm doing my, you know, my dreams right now, it's not going to be easy. And so you got to get that out of the system. That said, I mean, with the people that are that that listen to my podcast, how can they find you? How can they find Rising Fathers and link up with you, Chris? So the biggest uh, platform I'm on right now is just Instagram because where I started. So just if you just search Rising Father, you can find me there Um, on Facebook. It's Rising Father. I am I don't post as much on Facebook, but I'm going to try to change that. Um, so Instagram, Facebook, and then I just, just like a week ago, started a YouTube channel where I'm just transferring content there. And that's also rising father. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all rising father. Very cool. Yeah. I I've got the page up on Instagram. That's where Chris and I connected. So if you're looking for Chris's content, if you're like, man, this really grabbed me today. Like, Hey, I would love to be like that little girl just taking pictures of leaves or my dog or tennis shoes. You can find him at Rising Father. And the one thing I definitely want to, to get across on this, because I think a lot of times people see these, these content creators or as the cool kids call it, these influencers. And those people, you just, you think, is it, is it for show? Is it not? The one thing I can say from talking to you, Chris, is I know that you walk the walk. And it's not just the talk. It's not just the pictures or the posts that you put up, but this is, this is what you're passionate about. And so if you're listening now, I really encourage and almost implore you to get out, go check out Rising Father. As a man, if you feel like you're dwindling, if you feel like you're lost or stuck in a relationship that kind of feels like it's hit a dry spot, reach out. Rising Father, you can find me as well, Justin Copeland underscore on Instagram. But the point is, is to to take a look at this content, to give Chris, I mean, dude, you're probably one of the easier guys to talk to. It was easy to be able to start bouncing, <laughs> Thanks, things, bouncing things off of you weeks. I don't know. How, how long has it been that we, we started talking about getting this podcast done? I mean, things have definitely come up, but yeah, a couple of weeks it's, only it's been a few weeks, but you know, it, it is just as easy as reaching out. Uh, but Chris, man, in closing, what do you got for me? 
you know, before I say thanks for coming on, but what, how do you, you close me out a little bit? Sure. Um, if I had some closing thoughts, it would be, yeah, uh, kind of to summarize what I said earlier, it's if there's any guys out there who are like, man, you know, some people can do it. I can't, you know, you get so pressured from society, from the media, from even your friends and family, you can feel beaten down. You can feel, you know, like it's so hard to get going and just start small. You know, if it's, if it's to start an online business, just create a YouTube channel to do nothing else. Just create an Instagram handle, do nothing else. If it's to work out, just walk to the gym, go on the treadmill for 10 minutes and go home. You know, just take one small step that you know you can do. And then in the midst of that step, you will actually change as a person. And then you'll see things differently. You'll, you'll take a bigger step the next. So just get, you know, I think Jocko says, says that kind of thing very, you know, better than I do, but just get moving, even if it's a little, little step. Absolutely. Chris, man, look, I've really enjoyed having you on and I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with me about rising father. I absolutely want to do it again. We'll take a deep dive yeah. into some of these other topics, man, but I definitely appreciate you guys again, rising father. If uh, you need any, you know, any direction from me as far as how to get a hold of Chris, please reach out, Justin Copeland underscore on Instagram. And guys, this is a Navigating the Intentional Life podcast. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.